everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Behold Podcast on the Genre Equality channel. My name is Hitzir. Howdy. I'm Isa. Uh, this month, we are here to discuss uh, FX's fantastic <laughs> neo-Western crime series, Justified. Uh, it, it's based on the stories of prolific crime author, Elmore Leonard. Mm-hmm. And it is my opinion, and I think uh, my co-host will also go on to share their opinions in greater length later, that no other screen, screen adaptation has captured the crackling wit, mm-hmm. abundant charisma, impeccably cool style of the office, anti-hero characters, <laughs> more vibrantly or more accurately than this show. Um, for those of you wondering, what is Justified? Uh, Justified was a show that kind of went under the radar during the peak TV or golden era of TV yeah. uh, period when stuff like Mad Men and uh, Breaking Bad and The Wire were running simultaneously alongside this FX show. Um, it is not my contention that Justified is better than any of those shows. In fact, I actually don't think it comes anywhere <laughs> close to any of those shows. But... While I was watching all of those things during the golden era of TV period, you know, um, I do have to say that I didn't look forward to a show more than Justified. Not, oh. That's not to say that it's better than the rest. Yeah. It, this is just the most fun show <laughs> of that peak TV era, yeah. you know. For six electrifying seasons, in my opinion, no crime series proved more fun or more compostable than these Peabody Award winning uh, show mm-hmm. um, at the explosive center of this action, western-style, um, Stetson-wearing, gun-slinging uh, show is uh, U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens, played by Timothy Olyphant, uh, who is playing according to type here, if you have already seen Deadwood and the many, many, many other things that Timothy Olyphant has done. Yeah. Uh, he plays cop uh, in a cowboy hat who confronts murders, drugs, bank heists, uh, mobsters, crime families, corrupt politicians... Uh, and even his own tumultual past and family history, mm-hmm. uh, and just never backs down. He has ice water in his veins, as Boyd Crowder says. Um, speaking of, his ultimate ad- adversary is the cunning, complex, charisma times a million outlaw <laughs> Boyd Crowder, played by uh, Walton Goggins, uh, who was initially famous for another FX show, The Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, alongside them, the third real star of the show is the kind of wild card, um, Eva Crowder, played by Joel Carter, who is a mysterious woman torn between the two men in her life mm-hmm. uh, on both sides of the law. It comes to you from creator Graham Yost uh, and is based on the legendary author, as I mentioned, Elmer Leonard's crime novella, Fire in a Hole, alongside its many sequels. And it all leads to a perfectly unexpected final showdown in its, uh, honestly, what, um, a really perfect uh, series finale and uh, final season. Um so, uh, let's begin with, I guess, the newbie uh, to the Justified fandom. Yeah. Uh, because Ling, me and Hardy watched it like way yeah, back yeah. in the day. Um, and we, we, we had to do a bit of um, recapping yeah, or rewatching to remind ourselves. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly forgot a lot of the details until I did that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but 
uh, ISA is the freshest. Uh, so give us your take on Justified having just consumed multiple seasons of the show oh. in a very short time. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I I I did catch I think season one of Justified when it first came out, right? Uh, mm. I think it was showing on TV at the time, uh, and my brothers and I were kind of like latching on to the whole cowboy thing. Uh, all of that, yep. um, you know, but I don't think we watched past season one either because it wasn't showing on TV anymore. Or we just didn't have access at that point in time, uh, mm. which to me is very sad because like season one is uh, by far, it's a great season, but it's not an, mm. a, as amazing a season as the five that followed after that. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So having watched like the majority of like six seasons over the past uh, two months or so, Wow, uh, mm. I I don't even know kind of where to begin. I think hits you kind of covered it, like this show just oozes charisma, right? Like in terms mm. of like uh, whether we're talking about Timmy Oliphant as Raylan Givens, whether we're talking about Walter Goggins as Boy Crowder, like the amount of sheer personality and kind of like well, in many respects, kind of star power that this uh series has gotten throughout all of its six seasons, it's kind of mind-boggling. Mm. Uh, yep. Characters are well-defined, uh, and especially for, like, kind of the main three cast that you mentioned, like, we really get to see a lot of very interesting character arcs. Uh, in particular, mm. I think Ava has kind of the most interesting uh, turns, I guess, without spoiling anything necessarily, despite the fact that this should her, be... her, her back and forth between good guy, bad guy in the middle. Yeah, you know? and yeah. It's, in, it's interesting and reasonable, right? Like, it's completely mm. understandable for that. Uh, the yeah. interaction between the three of them, right, uh, Raylan, Boyd, and Ava, uh, to me, mm. is, like, the most exciting and investment that I had in the series itself, right? Like, mm. great, we get, you know, villain of the season and all of that, which w- was really, really fun. I think my personal favourite is character actress uh, Margot Martindale. Margot Martindale. <laughs> uh, Neil Madonna is also pretty good. Neil Madonna is also yeah. really good, yeah. So, like, we get yeah. a lot uh, a lot of, like, these good stuff. The dialogue is quick, it's snappy, and while I may not necessarily understand some of the cultural mm. uh, underpinnings of some of the, the, the quick-witted um, to and fro and repartee that they have um, mm. all in all like it's sharp right and it's quick yep. and it burns and I re- I'm here for that um, definitely yeah The as the seasons go on I think one of the things I've noticed is, uh, and, and we kind of talked about it on Sunday Hits uh, is that mm. it is Justified follows its own rule set right uh, mm. and if they established it in season one in all other universes it is absurd just the things that happen in this kind of like two counties that we are looking at uh, yeah. and it it follows its own rules that and it doesn't care where, but it works right and I yeah. love the mm. fact that they've established it early and they keep to that the entire time mm-hmm. but just mm. like the amount of quick violence I guess is the best way to kind of put it and just like mm. how quickly your life w- can end um, it yep. brings a lot of tension to the table, right? And keeps things constantly interesting. Uh, I don't think I've remembered a single uh, fall in pacing for the entire series, which is mm. insane to do that for six seasons, right? Um, so on and on, it's been a huge kind of ride. But I've also found it extremely difficult to explain to people why I'm enjoying Justified as a whole, especially why would you binge like six seasons of Justified in two months outside of reviewing it for the channel. 
yep. yeah, so maybe we'll be able to kind of like break that down a bit more for people as we kind of discuss, especially for the two of you who followed it while it was um, playing live. Yep. Mm, yeah. Uh, what about you, Hardy? Uh, give me your overall thoughts on Justified. Now that you've actually uh, recaptured the fandom a bit like uh, 10 years later, right? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the last episode was about 2015. Correct, yeah, and it premiered in like 2010 yeah. or something, or 2009, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, to, to have yeah. uh, rewatch some of the critical moments on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. You First of all, I mean, I don't drink anymore, la, but I always wanted a whiskey after watching this, <laughs> this show. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the way Kentucky and, you know, the, the counties of Kentucky is, it, it's bring, is brought to life through these characters. Mm. Uh, it's quite well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a certain idea of what rednecks are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And this kinds of it kinds of solidifies certain stereotypes of rednecks. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, gives a lot more nuance to the, the that that type of culture that we are we are rarely exposed to, lah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the dialogue plays a big exactly. part in that because a lot of the slick, fast-talking yeah. criminals that we see from Pulp Fiction or whatever and things like that typically come from urban areas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or LA or New York and stuff yep, like that. Yep. Um, to see these criminals speaking in what I can only describe like hillbilly Aaron Sorkin <laughs> uh, scripts, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, especially for uh, the smarter rednecks like your boys, your boys. and your Raylans yeah. and... We we can name many of yeah. them like, Although they have a lot of dumb rednecks too. Like. Yeah, nah. uh, but it, it runs it runs the gamut of 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 all of them. Um, sorry to interrupt. Sure. Continue, Hadi. I I, yeah. I mean, and each family that that's introduced, you know, like uh, the Crowders, for example, right? The f- the first family that is introduced, it's distinct mm. from the next family, like the Bennets. Bennets, you know, yep. and then distinct from the Crows. You know, yeah. Yep. Each family has a unique kind of flavor to it. I mean, the yeah. Crows obviously <laughs> are from Florida, and then they moved over, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even the Bennets and the 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 the, um, the Bennets, the Givens and the Crowders, you know these three families that that have this very Shakespearean kind of like um, relationship with one another. <laughs> yes. You know, mm. it's kind of cool. Like it's it's really redneck Shakespeare. You know. Yeah. In yep. that sense, um, and and that's that's the beauty of Justified that they don't they they make the 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 landscape of. Of this town that is dying, that's you know on its last legs, you know. However, mm. always, it's always trying to fight out of that, you know. Mm. I mean, like Boyd, like Boyd, I think uh, personifies this the best. Like he's, he comes up with schemes every single season, yeah. trying to mm. get that, you know, that 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 breakthrough. Yeah, you know, yep. and and always coming short, mm. and just you know, and and his his foil, which is Raylan Givens, right. Mm-hmm. Always having to, you know, trying to run away and always having to come <laughs> back, you know that that that's the beauty of this 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 story about uh, a man unable to escape his past, lah. Mm. Uh, uh, you never leave Harlan alive, like, exactly. Those, right? But yeah. he did, lah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he managed to. He's the only one that managed to. Yeah, his his spinoff is set in Detroit. So exactly, wait, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. Like. Uh, oh, sorry. Did you have any more thoughts uh, before I continue? Uh, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I got hooked into the series twice. Um, oh. First live and then now mm-hmm. uh, rewatching it, you know. <laughs> uh, Justified very easily becomes a show that you not only want to see the characters expand and grow, but it's also a show where you can't wait for... you. Um, uh, Isa mentioned of a quick violence, but it's also over long stretches of 
tension yeah. Yeah. that feels prior to the violence that gets you. And over the course of the six seasons, the creative forces and the writing team led by Graham Yoss continue to find unique and fun ways to introduce very, very colorful characters mm -hmm. uh, who not only enriched the show's personality and presence, but also doubled down on the show's pension for, like I said, tension and violence. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a series that is, in essence, a modern-day Western, which is why I call it a neo-Western. Yeah. Justified continues to wow me by coming up with unexpected ways to see our beloved heroes and villains not only switch sides, uh, earn our sympathies in different ways, yeah. but they always manage to end up in some sort of elaborate Mexican standoff between four or five different competing factions in every season. Mm -hmm. um, and it never ever feels like too convoluted, like you could follow all the strands or the motivations of each villain or each hero or each anti-hero. Um, you know, justified all it needs is some like a new Morricone music, right? <laughs> Make it just like a real Western. You know? Yeah. Um, perhaps the most endearing thing about Justified is the continually amazing work from all the lead actors. We mentioned Timothy and Walton and Joel Carter and all of that. Mm -hmm. But everyone else is actually really good. Even the side characters love, like yeah. uh, Rachel and Tim, who oh, yeah. were probably the most underused, but whenever they were used, they were really, really fun. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, Chief uh, Art Mullen, yeah. uh, the perpetually frustrated boss of Raylan Givens, <laughs> is also really... Uh, yeah, you know, and his frustration at Raylan, especially when he breaks and doesn't yeah. trust Raylan anymore, is totally understandable. Yeah. I wouldn't trust him either, yeah. you know. Um, along the way, we got to know and enjoy the presence of other great actors and actresses, you know, mm -hmm. um, including Natalie, uh, Natalie Zia, the on-again, off-again uh, <laughs> love interest we know now, uh, Patton Oswalt as uh, oh, Constable Sweeney, yeah. um, Jill Burns as the hilarious, uh, I want to call him villain, but he's mostly comedic... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Win Duffy, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Davis, who you might know from Lost. Uh, Dicky Bennett was really cool as well. Mm -hmm. uh, David Monier, uh, Johnny Crowder, uh, Damon Harriman as Dewey Crow, uh, oh. another standout. Uh, Raymond That's a sad story. Barry. That's a sad story too. Uh, Raymond Barry as uh, Raylan's father, Arlo, uh, a great performance also. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mikati Williamson as uh, Elstein Limehouse, mm -hmm. another very, very good villain. Uh, then you have the seasonal villains, like you said, like you have uh, Sam Elliott, mm. uh, the great Western actor Sam Elliott playing a villain for a season. You have uh, MC Katie, you have Neil McDonough, who I mentioned, also playing a villain for a season. Uh, the standout of all the seasonal villains is, as both of you have already <laughs> rightly pointed out, <laughs> character actress Margot Martindale oh, Margot. in her yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Emmy-winning performance, you know. Uh, probably the weakest of the seasonal villains is Michael Rappaport and his terrible Southern accent. Yeah. yeah. A, a man who pretty much got famous of his box, Boston accent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Even though it's New York, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, his New York accent, right? Uh, and he got famous of his basically like the Eastern Seaboard guy, lah, you know? Uh, trying to play this so against type character, which failed hilariously, Agreed. but okay. Um, you got to see a very, very, very young Caitlin Diva uh, mm -hmm. as well in one of her first breakout roles. You know, yeah. you may know her from Booksmart and things like that. Uh, unbelievable show on Netflix, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, a lot of it is just filled with good to great acting, Michael Rappaport notwithstanding. Mm. Um, so, um, of all the characters, let's jump into character arcs and different characters so, as well, you know. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would assume we want to begin with Raylan Givens. Mm -hmm. um, Raylan Givens is like the Batman to the Joker <laughs> in The Dark Knight. In... in in what way do I mean? In that, like, he's a, he's a great hero. He's just 
constantly outshined by the Joker. Uh, in this case, is Walton Goggins. Yeah. Uh, a perfectly cast hero needs a perfectly cast antagonist, mm-hmm. and Wow did Justified get that? You know, he he rose from who was that guy back during the Shield era. Uh, to becoming one of the best things about various shows like The Shield and Sons of Anarchy, and now he's on the Righteous Gemstones. Um, he was in films as diverse as uh, Django Unchained and things like that. You know? yeah. And Walton Goggins commands attention every time mm-hmm. he's on screen. Yeah. Um, his Boyd Crowder is by turns charming and deceptive. He is hilarious and lethal. He is the kind of villain with so much life and complexity that you want him to stay alive. Yeah. Fun fact, Walton Goggins was only hired for the pilot. He was supposed to die after he gets shot at that uh, oh, dinner table yes. scene at the end of the pilot. Interesting. Correct, yeah. Everyone, you know, obviously you shoot pilots uh, months, sometimes years before the show gets picked up to series, right? You know, you show the pilots to exe- uh, executives, you try to sell it to a network, mm-hmm. and then once it gets picked up six, seven, eight months, sometimes a year later, then you film the second episode. Mm-hmm. So Walton Goggins was not meant to return. But every feedback they got from every executive they showed the pilot to was like, if you want us to buy the show, you got to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> and so he had a miraculous survival <laughs> where the yeah. bullet just yeah. missed his heart. Not only did he come back for the second episode of the first season, he became the central pivotal figure of the show uh, with Raylan all the way to the end. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the show was built around their relationship. Um, it's uh, his final line. We duck cold together and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all built around them. You know, every scene with Timothy Oliphant and Goggins is electric. Whether they're just simply trading funny dialogue, mm-hmm. they're fighting each other. Sometimes they team up to stay stay alive. Yeah, sometimes they just you know, you know. Sometimes they're just like uh, throwing like you know a veiled threats at, <laughs> at each other. It's all very very fun. You know, mm-hmm. um, Raylan and Boyd will certainly take their place with the best of any uh, duels from. Any of the shows mm-hmm. uh, that that we mentioned, you know. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, Justified is not as good as The Sopranos or Wire or Break- or Mad Men or Breaking Bad, you know. But the duo of Walton and Raylan, uh, or Walton and Timothy, uh, probably the best duo of any of the other shows. Um, Agreed. What do you uh, What do you think about? Uh, let's Let's go with you, Isa first. What do you think about uh, Walton Goggins' performance? Because I don't think you were too familiar with Walton uh, prior to Justified. Um, I mean, like outside of The Wire, right? Like Walton. And- uh, no, no, he wasn't on the way. He was on the Shield. The Shield, the yes, shield. that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't didn't quite uh, get into Shield, the Shield, very early on, so mm. I didn't know, right? So I recognize him from a couple of other um, movies and series that I've seen here and there, but this is the first time like he's kind of like front and center with all oh. of that. Um, I didn't. It it didn't occur to me that he might have only been hired for the pilot itself, and it because it felt so natural the way yeah. in which like they brought him back, uh, and the desperate need I think the show had for him that I never questioned yeah. it. So like it's it was a surprise to me when you dropped that little uh, nugget of information. Uh, mm-hmm. I love this intensely. Um, pendulous swing between his initial kind of like, uh, you know, white supremacist slash uh, Bible thumping um, mm-hmm. kind of like cult leader thing, and that swing, that huge emotional swing from there, you know, all the way to the other end, you know, and even at the beginning when he he tells Raylan like like you're kind of like my only friend, right? Like he yep. fully meant that, and I feel all the way and at season six, right? That that kind of like tenuous relationship, there is truth to that, you know. Like at on some level, Boyd Crowder truly believes that Raylan Givens is his only friend. 
Um, yeah. As bizarre as that sounds, and with everything that's happened over like the, you know, episodes that that we've we've partaken of, it's it's kind of mind blowing to be able to keep that there despite this entire uh, huge kind of like character movement through six seasons. Uh, mm. On top of that, like I think the Batman slash Joker uh, dynamic is kind of spot on, right? Like there's so many times where Raylan just barges into the bar and like yep. starts beating on him, and that feels yeah. so much like early uh, like animated series Batman, yeah. right? Yep. Where uh, that happens to Joker like all the time. Like Batman just comes in, pummels him for information, and then leaves, right? Mm. Uh, and I really really love that. Everything that that they do together, like you said, is electrifying. Is absolutely you can't help but not watch the possible train wreck that might happen. But I think for me, a lot of the time, it's the moments that Boyd Crowder has with smaller characters that really speaks mm. to the the weight of his character and personality within the story itself. Uh, that is kind of mind blowing, right? How he manipulates, how he persuades and how he intimidates these people around him using the weight of his family's family's criminal legacy using his charm just using like the frightful I, w- I wouldn't say trigger happy necessarily right but just like how he crafts his threats is mm. terrifying and immediately magnetic and it's so mm. hard to look away from from Boyd Crowder whenever he's on screen you know his presence is just constantly felt uh, whether or not he is present in the particular scene that we are seeing and that uh, in and of itself makes the show feel so much more whole and and complete right to have like these characters like the object the object permanence of the characters there even though they're not on screen yeah, I mean, and he has such a good look to the slim cut denim yeah. for bomber jackets that yeah. he wears, the 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 air tie, his his, <laughs> uh, his hair. Yep. Um, yeah, everything about him is is almost like he he was drawn in a comic book, and yep. it's it's really really great. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Hadi? Uh, I think Boyd is what uh, I think one of the words that that describes him is uh his chameleon like nature as well. Ooh. Yeah, his yeah, ability yeah. to adapt to the new situations that surround him, yeah, is quite mm. incredible. Um, I love that all the rednecks make fun of his teeth. Yep, because he's such nice teeth. Oh, but he has be- beautiful teeth, <laughs> right? His <laughs> smile is really magnetic, right? Yeah, and yeah. so everybody makes fun of it. I like they call it out all the time. Yeah. Um. Uh, when when they knocked it, who knocked his teeth out? Fuck, I forgot. Uh. Yeah, that scene where he gets his teeth knocked out, I I felt like physically kind of like no, come on, man, <laughs> like that's not that's not right. Uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah, please yeah. continue. Sorry. But uh, so his chameleon-like traits, you know, like he he was once a white supremacist. He yep. was once a uh what a cult leader, evangelical, right? <laughs> evangelical Bible thumper, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you know he became uh, you know he he became this weird crime boss. Or trying to 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 become a crime boss throughout the the last few seasons, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But how he interacts with all the criminal elements that try to take over Harlan, yeah, mm-hmm. is the thing that that I think brings a lot of interest because what's I think Boyd is the is really Harlan County himself. You know what I mean? Oh, mm. he has the he knows the the county so well that that those criminals that come over and try to take over never succeed because. They always try to work against Boyd in the end. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. And that's something that Boyd always has up his sleeve, lah. Is that as long as he's in Harlan, he'll be safe, lah. Mm. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. His, his home court advantage. Yeah. Like all the yeah, people, they, uh, they bring all these like mercenaries with like all this training and all that, all dying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> within seconds, you know. Uh, so yeah, the the uh, the the mistake that a lot of the criminal elements that make the Michigan mafia to Sam Elliott's character mm. from Montana, mm. all them uh, make, to even the the Dixie mafia, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dixie, all them make the mistake of trying to come at Boyd in his home court, uh. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he was smaller. He had less resources, exactly. but he was smarter and he knew the terrain. La. And the only people that could take on Boyd were the people from Harlan. One Raylan Givens, and the other one yep. the black guy, the the Limehouse. Limehouse. Yeah, those were the yep. only two guys that Boyd could never actually beat. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Walton Goggins' charismatic performance as his villain yeah. and the complex push and pull of his relationship with Raylan is, I think, ultimately what made the FX series mm. the acclaimed drama it came to be. Yeah. Um, while more conventional villains came and went each season, Boyd was a constant presence, as you mentioned, whose placement on either side of the law from Raylan formed the connective tissue of the series. He almost sometimes, most of the time, functioned as the secondary good guy, keeping out the other bad guys from Harlan, mm-hmm. like, as you mentioned. Um, he is clever, he's ambitious, he has the ability to outsmart almost anyone. Yeah. Um, a certain cigarette pack is one of my uh, favorite moments <laughs> of him, too. <laughs> Uh, Boyd made Raylan better by forcing him to keep up. Uh, he could be friend or foe, depending on the particulars of the situation. Mm-hmm. And the shared history between the two men and their ongoing battle of wits is what propelled the series to its heights, resulting in the show's, as I mentioned, emotional final scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but although Raylan was motivated by Boyd and his nefarious actions in or around Harlan County, Boyd's complexity was more often revealed with his relationship with Eva mm-hmm. as well, as it infused... Yeah his character with just enough humanity and compassion to remind viewers that he was a complex man with dreams of his own that couldn't be defined by any one action or label, supremacist, evangelical Bible thumper, etc. Knowing that Boyd wasn't supposed to survive the pilot only adds to his already impressive resume and as such, he is likely to go down as one of uh, TV's greatest villains of all time. Mm -hmm. And one of the series' masterstroke is the seasonal villains because for the longest time, Boyd was so charismatic and so funny and so watchable mm-hmm. and he was he was up against people who were worse than him, yeah. morally worse than him. But it's easy to forget how bad of a person Boyd Crowder is. Yeah. yeah. Which is what laid the groundwork for season six. When Boyd and Raylan had gotten rid of everybody else and there was only Boyd left. Mm-hmm. And then you were forced to really look at Boyd and how bad he was. Yeah. yeah. And then you and then you were kind of like, ugh, oh man, this guy's uh he's, this guy's kinda bad. He's kind of evil. How do we? Uh, how do we like overlook this just because he was so charming, yeah. right? And he was up against more evil people. Mm-hmm. But when it was just Boyd versus Raylan, is when the show really fires. And I especially, weirdly enough, really loved Boyd when we were forced to look at his evil and mm-hmm. all the bad things that he's willing to do. Yeah. Uh, because he really is a bad guy. Yeah. Like the show doesn't sugarcoat that at all. Yeah. It's just like the flowery words and his multi-syllable, you know, um, dialogue uh, choices <laughs> yeah. are the things that like blind me to his evilness. Um, yeah. Boyd is great. Let's move on to the actual star of the show, though. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, mm-hmm. who, if you have seen Deadwood, uh, Hadi, have you seen Deadwood? Yes, I have. He's also a martial man. Yeah, uh, if, um, yes, and in every other TV show since. Yeah. Um, uh, including um, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed <laughs> oh, shit, to find a... there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a cooler leading man than Raylan Givens. His combination of, um, you know, the Timothy Oliphant's innate laid-back charm, uh, Raylan's proficiency with catching and dispatching of bad guys, and the now-classic 
with the isms, uh, bequeathed onto his modern cowboy by the show's excellent writing staff, led to one of the best uh, TV characters of uh, the early 21st century. And Raylan was far from perfect, of course. His indifference to muddying the waters in the pursuit of justice is what landed him back in Harlan in the first place and caused many, many, many headaches for his colleagues at the marshal's (laughs) office. Uh, Meanwhile, his anger, uh, which is a lifelong companion and the result of his upbringing with Arlo, and his inability to change his stubborn ways ended his relationship with, Min- with Winona on multiple occasions. And yet, you can argue all of this is actually what made Raylan a great central character. Uh, not necessarily a good co-worker, uh, not necessarily a good long-term romantic partner, mm. uh, but he plays the job of the swaggering hero well. He rattles off brilliant uh, wisdom about assholes uh, while still getting the job done. Basically, he's the man you want on your side in a firefight. Yeah. Not necessarily a fist fight, but in a firefight. <laughs> because the show establishes him as a terrible hand-to-hand fighter, which is fine. You know, you gotta have a weakness and he just can't fight hand-to-hand. It's okay. As long as he has his gun, he's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has ice water in his veins, mm-hmm. as Boyd Crowder says. Uh, what do you think about uh, Raylan? Uh, Isa, since you didn't watch Deadwood. Yeah, so I haven't watched Deadwood. Uh, so I, I didn't get like any kind of establishment for that. Like To me... Um, because at that point in time, I only watched one season of Justified, right? Like, Timothy Oliphant, I keep thinking him as uh, Agent... Oh, no, I forgot. Hadi, help me out. Uh, assassin. Yeah, what did you say? From where? Um, the Bolt Assassin, Timothy Oliphant, the movie. What was that? Oh, uh, Agent 47. Is it 47? Hitman, yeah. yeah, yeah Agent 47. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so like... Bad, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like I, that kind of, like, to me, at the point was kind of the standout role in my mind. Right, at least, right, that I've sure, seen yeah. him kind of in. Uh, and, like, that has completely been replaced, right? Like, it's very mm-hmm. hard for me now watching anything that he does from here on out to be anything but Raylan Givers in cosplay. Uh, it feels mm. like, you know, uh, I love the fact that um, Raylan basically plays the straight man uh, as far as, like, all the shenanigans that go on in Harlan County go about right like mm-hmm. uh, he's quick talking and smart talking and like again eyes in his veins and all of that jazz right but it feels very much to me at least that there were so often times that he's just out of his depth you know what I mean but he yeah. never loses mm-hmm. his cool despite the fact that like the situation itself uh, beggars belief uh, regardless yep. of who he's dealing with which villain of whichever season he's dealing with whether it's again having to deal with Boyd or having to deal with, with this complex relationship uh, with Ava as well. Uh, you know, mm. or the fact that he becomes a father and all of those things, right? Like, he constantly out, he's put in situations that he is out of his debt, but he never shows it. Uh, and that, to me, is both, like, the charm of the character as well as the frustration with the character as well. They're all, they're, you don't often see Raylan feel feelings. Mm-hmm. Right, mm. but and and because of that, when he does in those rare moments where we do get to see a scene like that, right, like it hits pretty hard, um, you know, and it, it makes it like so much more interesting and more complex. In mm-hmm. a in a series where like so often the villains feel like the star of the show, yep. it's often easy to forget how important like Raylan's kind of presence is. Uh, within mm. the story itself and how central he is to the story, right? Because we are constantly shifting our attention to the right. schemings and machinations of everybody else. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it's only in the times that he gets in trouble with the law himself, right? Whether it's them trying to uh, 
pin corruption on cop. him as a dirty cop and that mm-hmm. whole kind of like uh, there are several arcs in which like they, they try to kind of do that that you kind of realize like oh you know what like I don't think people really understand that him coming back to Kentucky uh, is you know kind of the reason we have this show in the beginning right like as this mm-hmm. kind of central figure uh, I mean and I find he that... a drug lord and then shot him yeah, yeah. One of the most like amazing, quickest like opening scenes, right? Of, of any kind of franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this, the, um, he feels very much defined by the characters around him, right? The bigger mm-hmm. the personalities mm-hmm. are around him, the more steadfast the character of Raylan given feels, and the more consistent mm-hmm. he feels across six seasons, which I think mm-hmm. is a very difficult thing to achieve in the writing. Uh, itself and so yeah I think that's something that that like really kind of stands out to me um, yeah outside of that like the cowboy hat for sure uh, kind of small complaints I always pictured him like in the suit with the cowboy hat right but as the seasons kind of went on he relaxed that a fair bit uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of yep. scenes and I never really yeah, because quite... was getting the way yeah Right, I mean, like that, and him getting injured, and it's and like all so obvious. Yep, that trailer given over there. Yeah, 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 and you know, like the whole, like even like was it was it Dewey that tried to impersonate him? Yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. one. Yeah, like just wearing a hat and a suit, like is, is is one way to go about it, you know. Um, but so slick, uh, Raylan Givens, and a a perfectly flawed hero. Uh, in all respects, which makes it compelling to to kind of watch when he's up against people who really don't give a shit uh, about (laughs) human life, about morality and all of that. And it's amazing that he doesn't compromise as much as one would think, right? In the Mm. course of his pursuit for for justice. Uh, I'm Mm. glad that he stopped using the line that it was justified very early on. Because uh, yep. that would have like uh, made made the series a lot more uh, difficult to take seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. As we went along. Yeah. But that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Hari? Uh, Raylan is. Uh, yeah, I I think I, I agree with a lot of what Isa brought up. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's lucky that Raylan is also a U.S. marshal, where mm. he is given some federal authority to you know kill people. Sure. Uh, I mean, the, there's always been, like, you, you, you think that it's unrealistic that Raylan kills so many people, right? Mm. <laughs> but the US Marshal Service in his history, right? Especially mm. for the past 20 years, mm. kill about 33 <laughs> people a year. Mm. So, and it's not because they are more bloodthirsty or anything like that. They, have, they do have laxer laws because they are federal service, but also because their job is specifically to pursue dangerous criminals. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, yeah, which means that you're gonna get into a gunfight, lah. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, therefore, why they kill more people? So yeah, perfect to put. Uh, uh I mean, making him a, a U.S. marshal. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of his like uh main identifiers also. Uh, that yep. if you take away that marshal badge from Raylan, right? You can take away the badge, but you can't take away the marshal out of the of Raylan, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Regardless yeah. of that, he's always going to have that kind of, like, marshal instinct. Um, yep. One of the things about him, that Raylan's complexities is definitely his relationship with Harlan County itself. Uh, 
Um, mm. His relationship with his father, I think, is one of the best uh, ways to really understand Raylan as well. Uh, yep. His father is a, crim- a, a total, near total opposite of him in terms of like, he's fighting, his law enforcement, his father is a criminal, a lifelong criminal. However, yep. there was, both men suffer from that weird anger issue. Mm. Like, Raylan like, keeps it very cool, but you can feel this, like, weird, powerful energy within him. Yeah, like, he sees, mm-hmm. or, like, he sees through the anger a lot of times. Yeah, you know, that, that, that mm. especially when it comes to, 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 wherever he comes back to, to Harlan County, wherever he's confronting Boyd, you know, he's the, 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 always the one that is a little more unhinged than Boyd. Like Boyd's cool with all his like, <laughs> you know his 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 lines, his fancy lines, and his uh a way that he, he interacts with Harlan. I saw Raylan. Yep. Raylan always Raylan, has yep. this like impatience, you know, mm. with dealing with with uh with Boyd Crowder like, most of the time. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's still like, the heartwarming times and all. That. I think it changes when he be- he becomes a father. Mm. You know, with with that two season long pregnancy, by the way. Mm. Yep. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, those two seasons took place over a few months. Exactly, it took care. place in yeah. nine months. All that craziness took place in nine months. Uh, Breaking Bad, the entire show took place over eighteen months. Exactly. Yeah. So, yep. so um, you know, yeah. Uh, less on the the thing, but uh, one 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 thing that I really give uh, uh, Raylan credit for is the ability to make you feel compassion for most of his most of his uh, um, the criminal elements yep. uh, apart from Boyd you know, Dewey is one of the, the, the guys who get bullied by Boyd you know, by, by Raylan a lot <laughs> you know getting by, Boyd, by everyone to be honest yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know when Raylan like, like smashes his face against the, the steering wheel and all that you can't feel like this guy is so stupid but then it, yeah. you know when he like deputizes <laughs> Do we to help him out, you know that kind of thing? So yeah, um, yeah, Raylan is just the epitome of cool, but then mm-hmm. there's that's just the surface. Once you go underneath the layers, he becomes this very complex character, who's really yep. just trying to get away from all this and just can't, you know. Hmm. Uh, quick point to what you brought up, Hadi. Uh, I looked it up, and Raylan has only killed twenty four people 24. over six seasons. Yes. It's actually a it's a much lower body count than you would think. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. When you compare to say Jack Bauer, who as of now has three hundred and nine kills, um, so like you said, um, the U.S. Marshal Service probably has about thirty on average ish, yeah. right, a year. Yeah. Um, Raylan doesn't even account for much of those. Like, actually, of course, if you were to divide over six seasons, so he only has like six kills a season on average, exactly. which isn't actually that much. But no. he actually, uh, uh, Boyd actually has less. He only yeah, has seventeen. 17. Yeah, kills. Yeah, yeah, which is uh a lot lower la. Although his kills are more memorable, like I said, oh, for sure. the cigarette pack yeah. or, or the brutality of the Dewey Crow murder, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so Boyd has more memorable kills in that way. There's like, a few kills. Uh, yeah. The Dewey Crow murder was the one when when it made me look at Boyd differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the perfect way to turn him to the main villain after he became he was the secondary villain for so long. Yeah, and the other one yeah. was actually you know when he killed the guy that he took hostage. Sure, the one yeah. in the truck in season six. Yep. Yeah, I think yep. that the sheriff from uh, Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he killed that guy, that was when I knew that okay, Boyd is not coming back now. He's an evil guy for sure. 
Definitely, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, what a great character, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Let's each pick a favorite. Although I kind of think I know what you're all gonna say <laughs> of the seasonal villains. Uh, let's begin with you, Isa. Uh, probably it is who we all think it is. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah. It, it, is that Maggie? Uh, Max Bennett for sure. Um, Max Bennett, Mago um, Bandel. Yeah, yeah. Bandel. I think um that was season two, right? Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah. I think very early. Somehow. It was early, and it was also because like it felt of all the villains like uh that there was a hometown problem, essentially. Yes, right? and I think the entire Bennett arc together with the oh man, what was the mining company called? I can't remember. Uh, Black Pike. Yeah, um, that entire kind of arc, right? Really, really kind of stood out to me because like it had a different set of stakes, right? Like we were talking mm-hmm. here about like real people who were living in Harlan County. Uh, and everything kind of rested on the Bennett family and how they were going to play their cards. Mm-hmm. You know, there was emotional stakes and tangent for that particular season that I felt was lacking elsewhere because a lot of the villains were from elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? Like whether it was Robert Quails, whether it was, you know, the, the Crow family, like it wasn't as hard-hitting to Raylan or to us, I think, as an audience member uh, because it was out, kind of outside of that 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 um uh look it lacked the localization i guess uh of violence and drama and tension mm-hmm. uh with the rest of them all the way until season six when it was once again right just boyd uh and really itself so like hands down for me phenomenal performance there were moments like when she's grieving her her sons uh yeah, you know or it. like these really intense conversations uh, with with um with Raylan, uh, where she held her own, and like in many cases, kind of just like overwhelmed, right? Like on on the screen, her on the screen presence as Max Bennett. Oh my god! Like it's an unforgettable character for sure. Yeah, her apple pie moonshine yeah. still. Uh, yeah, great moments are there. Uh, what about you, Hadi? What do you think about Max Bennett? I assume she's your favorite as well. Uh, I mean, I was gonna. Yeah, she's definitely my favorite. But then I was gonna bring up about I was gonna bring up the season with Robert Quayle. Oh, uh, let's let's bring up Robert Quayle because Neil McDonough is amazing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Neil McDonough, you know. Oh, so again, a lot of the actors do come from Band of Brothers. <laughs> yes, yes. Over the... uh, Gra- Graham Yost was the showrunner for Band of Brothers too. Oh, right, so wonder lah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this that guy's from Band of Brothers. That guy's from Band of Brothers. So basically, yeah. And the the writing team is from Deadwood also, which is why a lot of them are from Band of Brothers and, and Deadwood. Deadwood. Oh my god! Yeah, now that you mention it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Robert Quills was one of the first outside villains to kind of try his luck. Now that, that there was a vacuum of power, right? There was no more Crowders and no more, uh, no more um Bennets. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it was post that, right? If I remember correctly. Yes, correct. That's season, season three. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the death. So there was this vacuum, and uh, he came from the the Detroit mafia, trying to, um, well, do stuff, lah. You know. Yeah. Uh, sell they, they, sell they, they, oxycontin. Yeah, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know he obviously teams up with uh Dixie Mafia middleman Win Duffy. Win Duffy. Oh, another guy who I That's love. Although true. he doesn't do much, but he's amazing. <laughs> How do you survive all this time? I, no, I have no idea. Everybody that works with Will Duffy dies as well. Yeah, like there are two different types of like comedic reliefs. There's the Dewey type, and then there's the Win type. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and 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 Win is equally entertaining. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when he he teams up with uh Win Duffy and tries to take over this space, right, or uh, in Harlan yeah. County, 
Yeah. At first, he seems so. He seems put together. Yeah, put yeah. together. He's so like a uh, professional. You know, like mm. I. Ha- it's a man with a plan right there. You know. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and then making like these really good alliances and like, oh, okay, <laughs> this seems like it's gonna work. Mm. And then just suddenly, like he just loses it. Like he loses the plot. You know. Because of his addictions and stuff. Exactly, like that, his weird ass addictions. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, he has that cool uh, undersleeve uh, gun, lah, right? Yeah, the pop-up gun. Yeah. Which oh oh, like when when that when, when that guy cut off his head. Yeah. Oh, that was such a memorable, <laughs> memorable way of going, lah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I think, uh, uh, sorry, what's his name? Robert Quill's character, right? Mm-hmm. He was the first to suffer from the whole. You bet you you that you cannot take over Harlan mm. by trying to, you know, get rid of people that live in Harlan. Yeah. Yep. You know, and and yeah lah. Uh, he should have learned his lesson lah. You know, a big ass corporation like Black Pipe couldn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. like you and your your weird Dixie Mafia <laughs> alliance and your <laughs> Michigan Mafia, you think you can take on this? You know, basically rednecks lah. That that. That are all armed and they all know this land really well, uh, mm. who who are mostly related to one another, through like mm. uncles and cousins and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. And soon enough, from being this totally, like, uh, you know, man in with a plan, he becomes, uh, you know, uh, he loses everything. He loses the the confidence of his boss, from you yep. know, like, and in the end, his boss wants to kill him, you yep. know, and uh. By the end of all of it, he 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 basically again is a victim of being in Holland too long, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know where he sees himself getting his hand hand cut off, lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it's actually like um Robert Carl's actually reminds me of like what if Howard Hamlin was like a crime boss oh, at first. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. You know, and then like the first half was like real Howard Hamlin, and then the second half it was as if like. The way that Saul and Kim wrote Howard Hamlin towards the end, yeah. like suddenly he he got addictions and stuff, yeah. and he became messy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, what a memorable character and one of my favorite uh, seasonal villains as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already shouted out uh Win Duffy and his Winnebago, which is a recurring <laughs> uh character there. Yeah. But also I want to shout out his bodyguard Mikey, oh, who is yeah. oh, yeah. as well. Mikey yeah. is cool. Um, very very great uh side characters there too. Um, of course, we cannot mention Max and everything uh, without mentioning uh, Lorita McCready, uh, Caitlin Deaver as well. Mm. Now she's an underground crime boss, like a very low key crime boss. Mm. She is always one of the best parts of every project she's involved in. Uh, and from season two onwards, she actually became a fairly recurring character. Yep. You know, yep. uh, when Max Bennett killed uh, Lorita's uh, wheat farming dad, yep. and then uh, took her in as a surrogate daughter until her final appearance in season six. Where she's kind of become the shrewd young entrepreneur with, with a weed empire of her own. Um, and, you know, I, I, there's so many great moments with her, you know, like for example, in the final season when um, Avery Malcolm, played by the great Sam Elliott, yeah. uh, tries, uh, tries to kill her, she tries to cut a deal with him instead, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, she might have been young, but she was without a doubt one of the smartest, most resourceful characters of the entire show. Plus she yeah. had you get the entire Bennett wealth hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get to see like uh, this, this young boy Crowder growing up uh, in, in Caitlin Deaver's character. In a way, yeah, yeah you're uh, right. Uh, 
it'll be great. Like if the show ever comes back, like for not just for just one season, but forever, like Lorita will be a great, uh-huh. like you know, um, show back, villain yeah. over the course of yeah, over the course of many seasons. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many great things about it. Last thing I kind of wanted to talk about was the structure of the show, which I think a lot of people nowadays would not like. But mm. keep in mind of when this came out, two thousand nine to uh, you know twenty twelve and things like that. So you know, um, that right? This was weekly, and this show was also. I know this is a shocker for you all. Episodic. Oh. Uh, yes, it had long-running arcs, but <laughs> most of the episodes, if not all of the episodes, could stand alone. Yep. Um, did you enjoy this aspect of the show, or did you not? Let's start with you, Isa. Uh, I did. I absolutely did. Uh, I think like when you are trying to tell um, a long, long-form character story. To have mm. all these kind of like I, I'm not gonna not necessarily slice of life necessarily right, but have to have these vignettes of what like it's actually like as a marshal or what's actually going on in the county in in everybody yeah. else's lives right is extremely important right because it's not just like sure we have an overarching kind of plot for every season and of course across the six seasons we have something there as well right but it's the mm. small moments i think like uh, uh kind of like case of the the week uh mm. Or, or crime of the week uh, format that really solidifies who these people who are involved are, right? And I yeah. think that they managed to keep these things interesting enough where it didn't feel like, oh God, like it's the same thing over again, just a different guy, you know? Uh, it was, yep. the, the puzzles that they had to kind of, or the people that they kind of had to interact with, the criminals that had to arrest were always interesting enough and always added uh, substance to the story that they were trying to tell uh, just in mm-hmm. its variety and I really enjoyed that right because it's one thing to enjoy like you know a Boyd and Raylan kind of like going at it but if they were at it all the time for six seasons I don't think that would have been enjoyable uh, you know yeah. it was this the space in between to allow the characters to breathe allow the characters to be seen in like a different light in different perspective in different situations that makes um, justified work mm. definitely uh, what about you Hadi were you bothered by the episode of the week format um, I mean not really I mean we grew up with that kind of TV that's true exactly yeah. this is another like tough thing for me to sell to younger yes, viewers right. uh, who, who are too used to the serialized format yeah uh, we grew up in a time when, you know, we miss one episode, it's alright. The next episode kind of catches up. Catches up with what happens and then goes on with a new story altogether. Or if you don't want to watch the whole show and you just want to tune in for one episode, that's cool. Exactly. Too. You know, yep. um, yeah. a different time. Uh, it, it feels a bit... It does feel dated in that sense, but I'm fine with it because I grew up with that kind of TV. Um, yeah. So, in fact, some of my favourite episodes were the cases of the week. Same. Yeah. Like some of the very very best episodes or stories of the show were one-off episodes, like uh, the guy who um, you know was trying to find the money in the house, you know that oh, that thing yeah. with his. Oh, yeah, that's like, there was a, man. There was a random season one case of the week, but I remember that till this day. Yeah, you know, I didn't even rewatch the episode, but I remember that story. And they went such to a the wrong house. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, because they mistook what, what school it was yeah. and stuff like that. It was such a great short story, la, And then there was the show. Yeah, yeah, you're right because there's so many intriguing. Like little, like the double cross, you know, and that, yeah, yeah, all that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. It felt like every little case of the week short story could have been its own season. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. If sure. they wanted yeah. to expand it, yeah, you're right. If they wanted to expand it, exactly. Uh, finally, uh, beyond the episode of the week structure, let's talk about 
uh, Raylan's uh, hapless bosses and partners. Oh, no. um, <laughs> the other marshals. Uh, the other marshals. Well, what do you think about his cohorts, the other marshals? At first, I thought they weren't utilized very well, but the, when they were utilized, they were actually utilized quite well. Yeah. And I think Tim is the standout amongst all of them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, yeah, what, what about you, Aisa? Uh, I feel like I, I wanted to see more of Tim. Right, like mm. I feel like his kind of like backstory and his kind of like personal struggle with the suspected like PTSD, right, wasn't something that we really got enough of, um, yep. you know. But as yeah. kind of like uh, the more both both Tim um, uh, and and Rachel, right, like I feel mm. like yep. playing the the kind of like uh, straight lace sort of really the 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 marshals that actually are good at their job, right, and mm. do it like by the book. Uh, are an interesting counterpoint to Raylan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, like as the seasons go along and you start to get to know them better as people, you realize it's not like they don't feel as much as Raylan, you know. It's mm-hmm. just that their their decision making process is a lot more cogent, I guess, uh, than the way yeah. that Raylan goes about it. Um, they are also not local, right? From what I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not as involved and they're not as uh, uh, entrapped by, you know, the entire familial obligation slash, like, dynamic that is like, going on without uh, within, yeah. within Harlan or, or in Kentucky itself. Um, yeah, the cycles of violence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The cycles of violence. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, Tim in particular, man, like, wow, what a what a machine uh, when it comes cool, to... Cool, that's a that one. Yeah, I, I love mm. it. I think, um, when was it? When they brought in the other uh, army vet, like when Boyd yeah, hired... Yeah. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah, so he got a couple of really great moments. I think, like, the two of them when they were, when they were like, talking when the cars were parked, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. and Raylan and Boyd had been kidnapped. Uh, love love that conversation. Like it is so telling of like kind of Tim's personality and kind of where he's from. Like always on the job, mm-hmm. always on task. Uh, but at the same time, willing to compromise for what he feels is a uh, uh, friendship or loyalty or a greater goal, uh, which I really really like because it's in direct contrast to the kind of character that Raylan is. Uh, mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and then of course definitely. Oh, the, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, continue. Yeah, and on, on of course on the other hand you have Rachel who as like pretty much one of the few women of color in the entire show. Yeah. Um, yep. She brings on like super interesting points. Like every time it comes up. Or it mm-hmm. comes up every time rather. Right? Whenever yep. like Raylan's riding with her, he's on desk duty and she just kind of drags him along. Like it mm-hmm. must be incredibly hard, like um living life in Kentucky as a woman of color in a position of authority. Right, mm. and I wish we got more of that, uh, mm. but it was unfortunate that he did. But what we got was sufficient for us to get a really good understanding of uh, who U.S. Marshal Rachel Brooks is. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. since I said didn't bring him up, uh, what about you, Hardy? What do you think about Art? Yeah, his boss, the Art professionally Mullen. frustrated boss. Art Marlon yeah. is such a like. Oh man! At first, he was so happy to have a marshal of of actually. He kind of took in Raylan when Raylan was at like was about to be fired from the martial service essentially la. Pretty much. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And like at first, you know, it made sense to have someone from Kentucky to be in the Kentucky office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Raylan became a liability to him as the seasons went on. Yeah, for and sure. And that yep. frustration just keeps growing and growing. And remember when Raylan thought that, that Art thought he was dirty? 
Mm. The one because his wife went take the hundred thousand dollars from the from yeah. the locker or something. Mm-hmm. And then and yeah, anyway, that that kind of weird sense of disappointment that Raylan mm. doesn't change, you know. Yeah. And this is this lasts from season three, I think, all the way to six. Yes. Where like Art just doesn't know what else to do. You know what I mean? He says mm-hmm. his wits end lah. But at the end of the day, he always kind of has Raylan's back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Art becomes this uh, weird authority figure that Raylan respects. Yep. However, disregards a lot of the time also lah. Let's mm. be fair lah. Raylan disregards his orders most of the time. Come back to Lexington, he does like two days later. You know? He he's sorry about it, but he does it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? he, he apologizes after he does it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that, that's kind of in character for Raylan. Right. Too, you know, and and Art becomes this guy who defends Raylan at the same time, and also his biggest critic, lah. He sees mm. through Raylan's um cool demeanor most of the time. Yep. You can tell when Raylan is uh up, fronting, yeah, right? fronting, <laughs> la, right? And and in the end also becomes his greatest protector, like, you know, especially protecting him from like the US attorney's office, that kind of thing. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, when yeah, so Art Marlin is uh I think among all the other martial he uh, other martial characters, right? Mm. He's the one that's given the most time, like, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, because of the father son relationship. Yeah, like. him yeah. Really um same thing. I, I really love Tim. Tim is Raylan at range. Um <laughs> yeah, as a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Rachel is obviously the most constantly underestimated and the most dependable. I actually think that, thought that she was the best choice to take over as chief exactly, of the department. Yeah. Level header, um, level header. Yeah, absolutely. I would not put Raylan in that oh, in that what? position. No, like, no who the fuck would not. right? <laughs> yeah. That's the worst decision you ever made. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Uh. Great show overall. Great characters. Any last thoughts? Uh. Before we move on to uh. To our Pixar, um, I I think overall justified as a kind of like neo western, it, mm-hmm. it it works. It works so well. It delivers everything that you would expect from a neo western plus some on top of that, and makes mm. and that makes it kind of unique, right? Uh, mm. Not that I've watched that many neo westerns, um, yep. you know, but like in my mind, like it it stands out because of its kind of unique world building and story building within what is, you know, a a small locale. Uh, mm. Not that Kentucky is small, but you know, uh, you get what I mean. Um, yes, and like with uh, the, a very unique setting. Yes, it is a very unique setting, and like um, I I love the fact that you know they 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 set up the rules very quickly and they played by those rules as absurd as it is in real life, to kind of consider mm. those things, and because of that and, and the consistency of that over the six seasons, uh, it is it is no wonder that five out of six seasons have universal acclaim, right? Uh, mm. and and that. To me, despite the fact that it came out in a time where there were better shows available, right, yeah. and it was kind mm-hmm. of like the heyday uh, and 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 the vanguard of like prestige TV, uh, mm. Justified is well worth a watch, especially if these uh, thematic themes or the aesthetic of it is something that you know you you uh, interested in, for sure. So yeah. overall, like the last two months, like just binging through all of Justified has been quite a ride, and I really enjoyed it. Definitely. Uh, Hadi, last thoughts? Um, honestly, it's quite... Uh, I mean, it's one of those sh- easy-to-watch shows just because it's not 
too complex as well. Yeah. Uh, it's mm. a very simple show to just get into and just have fun with it. You know, you don't have to yeah. think so hard. You know, no complex storylines of, of you know, um, like the crowd. You know, whatever lah. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it it's a good binge, uh, and you can take your time with it. You know, there's six seasons of it. Have you know, it's a good way to 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 kill time lah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> have fun at it lah. You know, have fun while doing it lah. Yeah, absolutely. Highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, if you're not familiar with the showrunner, uh, Graham Yost, mm-hmm. uh, he actually wrote Speed. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. He wrote Broken Arrow. Oh, another one. That's a good one. Uh, he did a show called Boomtown, which I really liked in Town Two, which also stars Neil McDonough. He wrote, uh, obviously, as I mentioned, Ben of Brothers and the Pacific, the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he was also one of the staff writers on The Americans, another show that we talked yes. about recently. Yeah, uh, so yeah, really great writer. Like, I follow everything that he does. Every time there's a new project uh, that comes out, I'm into it. He was an EP, and right? Fi- Sorry? He was an EP, right? Yes, he was one of the EP. Yeah, one of the head writers of the American like. Not one of the two sh- uh, creators, but he ended up being one of the... Uh, he actually kind of ran the last two seasons like, when the other two creators were off doing other things. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, finally, how familiar are you with Elmer Leonard as a writer? The guy who started this whole world. Uh, he Ooh. was actually involved in this TV production as well, right? Until his death. Uh, he wasn't involved, but Elmo Leonard has said in multiple interviews, which you can look up, he said that his he justified is the favorite adaptation of his of his work. Oh, oh wow! And and there have been some great adaptations of this work. Have you guys seen Get Shorty? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, Out of Sight was also based on an Elmo Leonard book. Um, he had a, a very famous book called Rum Punch, which was adapted into Jackie Brown by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay. Um, Three Ten to Yuma was adapted multiple times into many great movies. Yep. It was also one of his books too. Mm. Nice. Uh, but of all those great adaptations, he picked Justified as his favorite. That's Although Justified changed nearly everything about his book. <laughs> I guess he kept the essence of the character. La. Yes, that's what he was like. He was like, yeah, he kept the essence of what I wanted to do. The details are different, yeah. but it kept. It kept like what I wanted to do. Uh, okay. So if you want to get a vibe for Elmer Leonard and how great he is, read or watch Get Shorty Out of Sight, Rum Punch slash Jackie Brown. You know, uh, Quentin Tarantino's, in my opinion, my favorite of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the three ten to Yuma movies are really good also. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, so the ahead. new let's let's take a moment to talk about Primeval. Is that the new season that's coming out? Yes. Justified, uh, colon, City Prime Evil is the upcoming miniseries uh, developed by the showrunners of Justified. It yep. is a spin-off of Justified. It continues the story from Justified and takes inspiration from Elman, Elmore Leonard's novel uh, City Prime Evil High Noon in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Timothy Oliphant is back to start as Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is Raylan Givens has left Kentucky for Miami where he continues to work as a U.S. Marshal while helping raise his daughter at the end of, uh, the, at the, end of the show. They kind of touched on this. Mm. Uh, he soon finds himself in Detroit pursuing the Oklahoma wild man, uh, Clement Mansell, who has been eluding the Detroit police force. So, yeah, that is the story for Justified City Primeval. What are your... And uh, are you excited for this miniseries? Do you feel like the show shouldn't have continued? I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. I, I I'm interested to see how it changes up because they change location, right? Yep. So I'm guessing like is I'm guessing there he's going to be like between Florida and Detroit a lot, uh, yeah, and that's going to be a case. Raylan as a full grown father will be mm-hmm. fascinating, I think. Mm. 
Um, so I, I'm I'm curious to see like how it kind of goes as well. I'm curious to see if they have a Boyd light character for that. Um, or if they just bring it Boyd. <laughs> or if they just I mean if they do then amazing. Like Boyd also goes to Detroit. That that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think. Oh, I he think serves as a Hannibal type uh, character, la, like uh, him as Clarice and him as, you know, he will go to prison to visit him. Oh. It will be such a missed opportunity if they don't bring back Boyd at least for one one episode. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I, yeah. I'm extremely curious, but I think a lot of it um, is dependent on the execution, right? Uh, with so many things, like we've, we've said multiple times, like being about Harlan and being about Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see Raylan as kind of like a fish out of water, I guess. Mm. Or men in a new scene, so like we we'll see how that goes. I'm curious mm. at very least. Uh, but, but he he has worked Florida before, and he has worked Detroit before. In fact, some of the minor villains came from Florida and Detroit, and it was people from his past and stuff like that. So not entirely new. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I'm I'm definitely curious, uh, and I'm definitely excited to get more. Uh, but whether or not it achieves uh what it has achieved with Justified. Um, OG mm. is a different thing. Yeah, we'll see. Well, what about you, Hadi? Like, are you interested in watching this new show? I am because, first of all, it's just a mini series, right? So it's just going to be one season, most probably. Yeah, eight episodes. It's just uh, it will be adapting one novella. Oh, that's, that, that's fine. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. it. And it is from. It's gonna uh, take a book, right? City Primeval High Noon in Detroit. That's what it's called, right? Correct. Yeah, the eight, eight episodes will be based on that one. Okay. Book. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it then. Um, just because you know it's just nostalgic like, I guess <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah a little bit right yeah, yeah. and um, I think the villain is being played by oh Boyd Holbrook so mm. you're getting a Boyd just not our Boyd <laughs> no yeah he's playing he's playing Clement Mansell yeah. uh, but his real name is Boyd Holbrook who you may know from Logan and Corinthian yeah. things like that yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah actually yeah I'm looking forward to it then uh, can't wait just to I, nice. I just want to you know just have that, that that feeling of watching a new Justified. You know, it's been a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up the Justified talk, did you guys ever watch Karen Cisco? Karen Cisco? No, I don't. No. Do you know who Carla Giugino is? The mother from yes, Haunting yes, of Hill yes, House yes, yes, yes. and stuff like that. So, uh, Karen Cisco was a show also based on a book by uh, Elmer Leonard. Karen Cisco was also a U.S. Marshal. Uh, she exists in the universe of uh, of Justified. Oh. Of, of, um, yeah. So, uh, there was actually a Karen Cisco slash Justified crossover in a couple of episodes here where Carla Gigino plays Karen Cisco in Justified. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for fans of Karen Cisco, you might want to check out Justified and anyways because, you know, hey, the lead character from that show yeah. is in Justified. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know whether you guys remember the couple of episodes that Carla Gugino guest starred in Justified yeah. as another U.S. Marshal. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh. they were, those were those were pretty. I mean, there were it was just a couple, but those were pretty interesting, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So those were those were technically crossover episodes from her show. Ah, I see. I, I need to rewatch. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like even even her as a book character it does exist in the quote unquote justified universe. So it totally makes sense to bring her in from her own show. Uh anyways, yeah, that wraps it up for our talk about justified. Let's go on to what's making us happy this month. Uh let's begin with you, Isa. What's making you happy this month? What have you read, watched, Ooh. or listened to? Uh, uh, that's been, you know, keeping your interest. Yeah. Uh, as far as like reading goes, uh, 
I've been I've been making a list every time Hits has uh, done a book recommendation. I am currently making mm. my way through. Uh, I'm da- I just got done with the Song of Achilles, uh, Madeline Miller, and I just started Anastasi. I am having Wonderful. a whale of a time uh, with those two. Uh, harking back to um, my younger days when I had uh, kind of like a a, a a Greek kind of like historical fiction period. As well, yeah. like wow, yeah. uh, and I love, love, love Madeline Miller's writing style. What a great recommend! Thanks, Hits, for that, uh, for sure. No so that has been yeah. uh, making me incredibly happy. It's uh, been what I've been doing on my transits and things like that. Uh, so that has been great. As far as for kind of like watching things, I, a lot of my time has been taken up with uh, with Just Walking right? Justified yeah. so far. Yeah. But no, in the other moments, of course, I need to uh, prep for the next anime corner. Uh, I want to mm. give a shout out um, to. Maybe a strange pick. I don't know where it stands in the ranking for the recommendations that we'll do uh, later on. Uh, But uh, Gundam Witch from Mercury is Mm. actually one of my favorite animes that are going on right now. It is showing on Netflix Mm. uh, and the episodes come out weekly. Uh, This Mm. is the first time that... Okay, it's not the first time that Gundam has adopted a kind of like different... Uh, genre in order to tell like the similar story. Like, I think oh. Iron Blood Orphans is similar, but this is the first time mm. that the Gundam universe tackles high school. Uh, oh yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. they tackle high school, right? And it is They're basically training in a school. Yeah, it's fascinating to see all the large thematic things that Gundam is known for, like capitalism and war, mm. and and you know, uh, factional intrigue and all of that play out within a high school itself. Uh, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. The music is fantastic. The Gundam designs are great. The characters are interesting and nuanced. Uh, and it's the first time in a while that I've been disinvested in a Gundam story outside of the fa- fact that I grew up with this, with many of the series. Uh, mm. So um, it's it's an interesting uh, risk that they've taken and I think it is paying off. Uh, we're halfway through that season. Uh, it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. And of course, I'll go into more detail about it uh, when we wrap it up in Anime Corner uh, in a couple of episodes. Sure, sure. Nice. Uh, what about you, Hadi? Uh, what's making you happy this month? Uh, only two things. Uh, okay. One was a BBC release. Uh, it's called SAS Rogue Heroes. Ah, oh. it's about the SAS, I guess. Yes. It's a historical drama about the mm. creation of the SAS during World War II. Uh, mm. Set in, in, in Egypt and all that. Um, yep. quite a, quite a, it's a quick six episodes. Uh, I don't know. I, they all uh, released all at one time. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you can catch it uh, on BBC, that BBC Plus thing. Awesome. The BBC service, BBC One. Okay. Uh, what's your other recommendation? Uh, the other one is I finally got the name right. Uh, Bob Hart's Abishola. Okay. It's a sitcom uh, where this guy falls in love with his nurse. Uh huh. It's been running for five, four seasons now. So on its currently it's fourth season. Mm. I just discovered it. It's a network sitcom, la. It's just it, okay. It's a cute. Um, I mean, it 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 it, it explores uh, multiracial love. You know, uh, explores certain uh, themes of uh, immigration uh, or living uh, immigrants living in America. That kind of thing. Mm. Uh, mm. In a comedy setting, la. Um, focus on Nigerian immigrants, la. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this white guy that marries a Nigerian woman. Mm. What's his nurse? Yeah, and uh, you know, stuff happens lah. It's funny lah. It's cute lah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Sylvia.com has been running since twenty nineteen. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I was just reading the wiki. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Four where, seasons really. So uh, those are where, the two things. Though. Where can we watch it? Uh, CBS. 
CBS? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or if you don't have CBS, I mean, I, I think you all know where to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay, my recommendations. Let's begin with TV shows sure. first. Okay. Um, uh, something that you both know. Uh, uh, Mythic Quest is back for season yeah, two. Yeah, first two oh, episodes. Yeah. First two episodes are out. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hilarious. The, the new dynamic between Iron um, and fuck, what's the name? Uh, uh, Poppy. Um, and now as co-owners of their own company, Grimpop. is quite hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grimpop, yep. Uh, their office is absurd. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know what to say <laughs> about this. I don't know what to say about yeah. Yeah, your fucking spaceship of yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> there are no lines. <laughs> I am trying to find the toilet that one. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if you love Myth- Mythic Quest seasons one and two, um, this is no different. Mythic Quest yep, keeps yep, yep. uh keeping on. Uh, except that uh, spoiler alert. I guess it's not so much of a spoiler like It's revealed in the first episode. They killed off F. Murray Abraham's character. Yeah. Um, but in the best way possible, it, is, it, yeah. it actually it actually leads to one of the best uh, episode endings that Mythic mm-hmm, Quest mm-hmm. has ever had. So that's great. Um, I don't know if you all have heard or seen uh, the White Lotus last year. Uh-huh. The White Lotus was a series set in a fictional resort called the White Lotus. The first season was set in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and it explores class dynamics between the workers and the guests in the resort. Uh, rich versus poor themes. Mm. The second season takes place in Sicily in a different White Lotus with a whole new cast. Mm-hmm. This time it explores uh, the politics of sex, whether you are a sex worker working in or around the hotel uh, or just, you know, the girlfriend or boyfriend of a rich person. Yeah, just how the dynamics of sex affects relationships. So yeah, The White Lotus is a really, really great show by mm. Mike White on HBO. Okay. Uh, yeah, really good show. But the best show of this month comes to you on Amazon Freebie. I'm fairly sure you all have not seen this. It's a show called High School. It is based off the memoirs of Tegan and Sarah. Wow. Um, um, yeah, so this is Tegan and Sarah's origin story in a Canadian high school. Nice. Uh, um, it is very My So-Called Life, if you've ever seen that 90s show. Mm-hmm. It is probably the most grounded and realistic and relatable uh, teen drama out on TV right now uh-huh. because I relate to everything that Tegan and Sarah does mm-hmm. in the show, the decisions that they make in a way that I cannot relate to say sex education or skins or euphoria because That's... I don't do what those kids yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Like, I guess I do but only as an adult but I, because you know, cause I never did that like at 15. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, I'm in my 30s now, it's okay for me to do that stuff yeah. but like, <laughs> I never did, yeah. So like, when I was in high school, I was like Tegan and Sarah so everything that they did, I totally understand. A fucking nerd, you know, just like, you know, listening to Soundgarden and yeah, Crushing yeah, yeah. Pumpkins or whatever <laughs> and like talking about music. So yeah, uh, really, really great show. It's actually one of my top 10 shows uh, of the year in total and one of my top five shows of the second half. Um, really great show. And we'll talk more in depth about it once uh, Isa watches this for Behold next month. Excellent. I'm looking forward uh, to it. For on the film side, I only have a couple of recommendations. <laughs> one is called El Caras, which will be shown at the SJSF <laughs> soon. Um, it follows a family who runs a peach farm uh, that will have to shut down because their land will be taken over by people building wind farms. Uh, very interesting film. Uh, and secondly, and this is the big one, because remember how I, how I was telling you like I don't foresee the worst person in the world being shafted from number one for mm-hmm. 2022? Mm-hmm. And it held that way for the longest time, up until November. Like literally on the 11th hour, 
after Sun is replacing the worst person in the world for me as my number one for 2022. Wow. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Um, it is by a first-time director called Charlotte Wells, and it follows a father and a daughter on holiday in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like much, but it will make you cry. Oh. And it, the father is played by Paul Mescal, who you may know from Normal People. He delivers a great performance mm. here. Um, it's basically about a child's memory, um, a woman's memories of a time as as when she was a child. Like her memories of a, a holiday she took with her dad one time. Okay. And now that she's an adult, she's trying to understand him because at that time she didn't think of him as a person. You know, when you're a kid, you don't think of your parents as a human being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but now that she is her dad's age, she's finally trying trying to understand what her dad was going through by revisiting memories of this holiday. Uh, yeah, the film's called After Sun. It will be shown at SJFF very soon. Or if you don't want to pay like thirty dollars to watch it as SJFF, uh, it will be also coming out in January thanks to Anticipate Pictures at regular cinemas. So nice. there you go. Okay. Uh, those are our recommendations this month. We will be back very very soon. Uh, in a couple of weeks actually for Genre Equality Sixty. What stands out to you? What's most exciting in Genre Equality Sixty? Fifth year anniversary, man. That's right, yeah. It is our fifth year anniversary. Yeah, insane. That is very exciting. Yeah. yeah interesting. Um, I assume Endor for you, uh, Hadi, because, you know, Star Wars. Yes, of course. Yeah, I, I yeah. would love to jump into that uh, with Hadi uh, yeah. for Endor as well. I Endor have some awesome. thoughts. I have some thoughts, both good and bad. Um, but it's yeah, we'll, we'll definitely... <laughs> Mm. I, yeah, actually, you know what? You are absolutely right. It is mostly good. I, I have to agree. <laughs> so we will jump into that for sure. Uh, obviously, the biggest title for me is um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Oh, man. Uh, I've got some thoughts as well. Uh, interesting. Interesting thoughts yeah. uh, for all of that. Um, what else would we be talking about? Hits? I am most... I, of course, I'm interested in Wakanda Forever, of course. Yes, oh, and absolutely. of course, I'm interested in Endor, which... Spoiler alert, I think is the best Star Wars TV show uh-huh. that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, um, and, but due to the personal leanings, how I grew up, what I read, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the adaptation of Interview with the Vampire is the thing I'm most excited to talk oh, about. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I love this adaptation. It, is, it says fuck you to the source material many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. But like I've said many, many times, I hate faithful adaptations. Yeah. <laughs> and this one continually surprises me because I don't, I don't know what to expect because it changes nearly everything. Oh. Uh, and it's interesting because, you know, like usually it's boring. Like I know what's coming next. I know what arc is coming yeah, next. I know what character me. is going to die. I read, I read the whole series. Exactly. Um, and this one, I, I never know episode to episode what's going to change, <laughs> what's going to stay the same. It puts me on my toes. And yeah, it's really great. Uh, one of my favorite horror movies of the year is also Barbarian, which I'll be talking mm. about. Uh, uh, very very soon uh, so excited for that I know Hardy wants to fucking shit on don't worry darling I'm gonna let him do that here <laughs> um, Isa F is gonna be talking about Wednesday uh, I'll be talking about another vampire show let the right one in another adaptation of that mm-hmm. um, the creators of Dark are back hey. with another German mystery called 1899 oh wow Amy Adams is also back in the sequel to Enchanted this called Enchanted. Disenchanted uh, interesting I'll talk about it as well. Isa will talk about a play that me and him recently watched called Blindness. Oh, and Hardy yeah. will talk about Mr. Midnight, yeah. who he has a personal connection to, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> uh, it's, an, it's a Netflix uh, Singaporean series, which Hardy will explain like, what his personal connection <laughs> to the show is. Uh, to then, though, this has been Hit Zero. I'm Hardy. I'm Isa. Goodbye, guys. Bye.